0: I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles this morning over to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to spend some time in the Lord's Word today. How many of you know that the household of faith, genuine faith, is covered in the blood of Jesus Christ? There is no other name whereby men can be saved. And those who think it's narrow-minded will have to think beyond human concept for that because it was not humans that made that statement. It was God himself. The Christ himself made that statement. And I want to share with you this morning, there's a lot of people online, and, and you're here in this present in this congregation also. I want to declare to you one of the most important things there is in Christianity, and that is what we preach this morning. Resurrection changes everything. How many of you believe in the resurrection? Wow, what a privilege, ladies and gentlemen, to be people that have been twice born. Most Easter texts are taken from the writings or the epistles of the apostle Paul. He was a great uh, apostle, wrote great epistles, and rightly so, those are filled with Insight and experience and fervor You can't read Paul's writings without knowing that there's an intensity about his relationship with God But today I've chosen This Easter message from Peter. I love the spirit that is in Simon Peter Simon Peter as we say had been through it HE KNEW WHAT IT WAS TO EXPERIENCE WHAT I CALL THE COMMON HUMAN PANORAMIC VIEW THAT THE BELIEVERS EXPERIENCE. WHAT DO YOU MEAN, PASTOR, THIS? PETER HEARD ABOUT THE WORD OF GOD. PETER BELIEVED THE WORD OF GOD. HE THEN FOLLOWED AS ONE OF THE APOSTLES FOR three, A LITTLE OVER THREE YEARS WITH THIS CHRIST. He followed with great intensity. Peter followed with great ambition. How many of you know, Peter was always the first to do almost anything? Impetuous Peter, he, he was eager about what he knew and what he believed. And yes, I will tell you, he failed miserably, as have we all. But here's the good news about Peter, he also wept. And he wept with bitterness and, and, and deep wounding because he had disappointed his God. And in his weeping, he repented. He repented his way back into relationship with God. And I just want to say, no wonder that he could speak of God's mercy and speak of God's grace. And how many of us today are grateful for God's grace and his mercy upon us? For we, too, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God so many times. But after that repentance, Peter got something that made him filled with iron in his spirit. He stayed. He witnessed. He heard the Spirit. He began to write. Peter's one of the 120 that waited in the upper room until they were baptized by the Spirit of God at Pentecost. Peter actually preached the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. Peter lived the remainder of his life in a boldness, in a powerful witness. And even when he died, he died in victory, even though he was crucified. And because of of his dedication to the Lord, he was crucified by his own request upside down because he wanted to take no glory from the Christ himself. Listen, when you believe like that, you believe. How many of you believe like that? We should all believe like that. So I identify with Peter in his good intentions and his well-meaning and his excitement and zeal to do something for the Lord. I also identify in his weakness, but I also identify in his repentance. And I want you to Ladies and gentlemen, young people, consider because of what we know of Peter's personality and because of what we know of his experience, perhaps we can catch, please hear this term, the intensity of his writing, his speech, if you will, as the Holy Spirit used this man to declare the major, powerful, and foundational, fundamental truth of resurrection, 1 Peter 1, at the beginning of this letter, he, he simply had a brief salutation, but I want you to just immediately catch what something inside this man as he writes under the anointing of the Spirit, a salutation. Then suddenly he bursts forth into what we call a magnificent doxology. If you want to get to the real terms of doxology, it is absolutely Scripture written, inspired by God, but there's such, such eagerness and there's such emotion in it that it bursts out almost like a song. So I, with that intensity, I want to read some verses today. Chapter 1, verse 3. Listen as he just, just you could, I want you to hear the emotion in him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten who? Has begotten who? Has begotten us again to a living hope. The King James Version says a lively hope. A lively hope. (laughs) Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to know that salvation stands on his birth his death, and his resurrection. If we don't have those three, then it all collapses. That's why all other religions collapse. Thank God for Christianity. He has He's begotten us again. Verse 4, to an inheritance. Listen to it described. Incorruptible. Undefiled. Satan cannot touch it. And that does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for who? For you. Who are guarded or kept, garrisoned, can I say, defended by God, by the power of God through faith for salvation. And watch this, salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, this salvation, this work that God has done all through Good Friday, all through the resurrection, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I still live on a sin-cursed planet, but aren't you glad there's God inside of us? By various trials, that the genuineness Of your faith, notice what he says, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire. That's how valuable our salvation is. We may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Whom, having not seen, you love. I want to declare this morning, I've never seen the Christ, but I love him with everything in me. I believe in him regardless of what this world declares. Though now you do not see him, yet believe, you rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Watch verse 10. Of this salvation that cost God everything, Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, to us, searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was Indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Ladies and gentlemen, they're saying they have looked at this and prophesied it, but it was coming to us. How many of you are glad you're in the new covenant? Verse 12. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. (laughs) Do you get the intensity of this old apostle writing to this? I think if if St. Peter were here this morning, he'd be shouting. Well, amen. Verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. God calls us to a holy conduct in this late day. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your sojourning here in fear. That means in a reverential awe. Knowing, if you've never heard this, one of my favorite portions of the Word of God. Knowing that you were not redeemed by some God on a drug-crazed psychedelic trip. You were not redeemed by some prophet who considered himself a prophet and named himself so. You were not redeemed by all the gods that were man-made. You were redeemed not with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers. But you were, ladies and gentlemen, redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This world tries to taint our Christ. This world tries to say that and I've read it, I've listened to it, I've studied it, I've watched them. Anything they can do to discredit Christ would absolutely allow everybody permission to sin. That's why they want to do away with Christ, because he was the only prophet that was ever sinless. And that means God holds us all accountable. But thank God for this precious redeeming fluid that came from the Son of God, this redeeming blood. Ladies and gentlemen, it declares that we are righteous in the high court of heaven. Wow, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest these last times for you for you who are online, for you in this sanctuary, for us that through, him be, that through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Amen. I don't know if you catch the power of those words, but they're powerful. I believe these words describe the characteristics of a true genuine, twice-born Christian. Believers, the apostle and the early church were characterized by praises to God and a constant sense of joy in their life. But note this. This praise and this joy was not just confined to the early church. Read the church history since the resurrection of Christ, and you will always find praise and a joy that has been the earmark of God's people in every generation and in every revival since he came out of that grave generation 2021 20, we should ask que- ourselves this question is this the temper of our christian living also is this is this what we feel do we have genuinely what simon peter wrote through the power of the spirit is this our practice is this our response to the gospel Are we filled with praise and are we filled with joy in spite of everything and everything awful and negative in this present world? What about us? Do we have less salvation? I will declare to you that our Christ is the same. On Easter Sunday morning, 2021, this is an important thing for us to consider. Yes, we claim our salvation. And yes, the world says, I'm a Christian and I believe and I believe and I believe. Can I tell you something? Satan believes in God and so do the devils and demons, but they're not going to spend eternity in heaven. Everybody just says, Oh, I believe in God. I believe. Well, here's the point. You have to choose serve him or serve Satan. In our world today, we have this idea that there's 100, 200, 300 ways. Let's make it very plain. Not Not one other prophet ever came back from the grave. On Easter Sunday, it is important for us to consider, yes, we look at our salvation, but what is the test? What is the test of our salvation? Hear it. Is there within us the spirit that was in the apostle when he wrote this news? Resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, is more than a historical fact. It is far more than spiritual dogma. Resurrection is the basis of all Christian experience, and it always ends in victory because we believe. The early church had hard times. They had hardly turned around that they begin to doubt and question some of the foundational truths. Let me list some of them for you. Here it is. And through the apostles and the early church fathers, the church r- were reminded of major building blocks of Christianity. Here they are. God was incarnated in the flesh. How many of you believe that? Absolutely. The sinless life of the Son of God... God's dying and undeserving death for humanity. God resurrecting over death on the third day. God, the Son ascending back into heaven, and finally God will return to the earth to establish an eternal kingdom. But it all hinged and it all pivoted upon the fact of power over death, what we call the resurrection. So this morning, if you think us foolish, I will just say this. We will praise on and we will joy on amidst all the struggles in life. And because the early saints kept the faith, they kept the witness, they kept the forward look, and today with a lively, living hope in Christ, I declare, ladies and gentlemen, that it is still the only way to the Father and eternity in heaven. (laughs) Jesus himself said, there's no other name given in heaven and earth whereby men can be saved save the name of Jesus. So I want us to look. Let's just look a few minutes. The meaning of the lively, living hope. I just want to share with you, church, those outside of Christianity do not understand what we have. Satan has blinded them till they they can't conceive. And I want to try to help the Holy Spirit anoint me this morning to you online or you in this room. If you haven't understood all about this Christian story and resurrection in Christ, I will declare to you he was the divine Son of God. What is it then that resurrection does Why is resurrection so central and fundamental and foundational? It's because resurrection gives this lively hope, this living hope. And let me tell you, saints and unbelievers alike, hear it. There is an energy. There is a spirit power in faith that comes in us at salvation that we cannot deny, and it is expressive, It's expressive. It moves us from the core of our being. This is not just some ritual we go through and now it's time to raise our hand or it's time to kneel or time to read a prayer. This is something alive in us. So what's the Easter message this morning? Is it some vague saying that spring has returned, the grass is green? Is it some vague saying that after winter there's always signs of life? Is it all just a cyclical thing that God has placed in the universe? Is the Easter message some general religious thing belonging really to just nature? I declare to you in 2021, there are many who say that's all it is. There are many who say there is a simple cycle every year and we want to make something religious out of it. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not what Peter was talking about and that is not what Jesus bled and died for. There is something beyond vagueness in Christianity. There is something beyond things nebulous. There is something vibrant with life and vibrant with power that transcends nature. When you are born again, there is life that is issued in the deep part of your soul and life that leaps into your inmost being, your spirit, because you've been begotten again into a lively hope. Men, women, and children, and young people, let me tell you, they rejoice even in in the midst of trouble. You know why? Because our whole nature's changed. If you don't understand, let me stay on my notes. (laughs) It is this life inside of us. Peter says he writes to people experiencing very hard times. Matter of fact, I've listed some things. Listen to this. Verse 6 in that chapter 1. Though you for a little while, you have been grieved by various trials. In the second chapter, 22 and 3, in effect, he said, you are having a difficult time, but you are following in his steps. He did no wrong, yet he still endured the suffering and in chapter 4 12 think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you and in chapter 5 verse 10 after you have suffered a while god will sustain you he will establish you he will settle you Let me bring all that, if you will, into some simple words and summation. I want to declare it to this generation this morning. The New Testament is intensely practical. Yes, it's supernatural, but it is practical. What I believe and what I preach is no fairy tale. It is not the optimism of the novice. It is not the veneer and facade of politicians. It is not the ensnaring effort of fake news. No, sir, it is Christian realism. There's a real heaven and a real hell, and the only way to escape hell is through the only begotten Son of God. He's the living, resurrected Christ, and he lives in us. He lives in us. I could no more deny him than I could deny my own existence because he's in me. He's inside of me. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I belong to him. He purchased me. What are you saying, Pastor? Let me just say this. Whatever difficulties arise and whatever happens to you on this sin-cursed planet, whatever tragedy may strike your life, however ugly or dark, cruel things around us become. Hear me, saints. Hear me, unbelievers. It really doesn't matter for we who are truly, genuinely twice born and believe, we who have passed from darkness into light, because we have this lively, living, forcible hope and spirit inside of us, a supernatural power from our faith that enables us to endure and to conquer and to praise him and to keep a joy because the world can't take it out of us. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been transformed from death to life. That's because of resurrection. I ask a question. Do you have today within you that assurance? Does your inner voice of God's spirit speak? Does the spirit of God console you and give you this hope? Come what may, you and God are a majority. I want to tell you something. God and I are a majority, and Satan has no chance. Pastor, how would you dare say that? Show me in this book where I'm supposed to be afraid of him. Well, Pastor, he's powerful. Listen, he isn't close. He, he's not even a decent rival to the omnipotent God, I see. Well, Pastor, you've been stricken with cancer. You've been doing all that. Listen, I want to say this publicly. I love it. Some of you know the story. But I just want to let you understand, this enemy is not going to scare me with heaven. They're not going to scare me with heaven. You see, Pastor, you're just trying to be some it's because of what's in here it's not just because of what people say It's because I have been infused with hope and life and spirit that has a power, and it comes out in me. Come what may, God and I are a majority. God made me, and you, if we're twice born, he made us to conquer. I want to ask you, is that true in your personal relationship? Is it true in your marriage life? Is it true in your business life? Is it true in your group of peers? Does resurrection give you a sense of certainty and a sense of assurance and a Sense of praise and a sense of glory. If not, let me say plainly on 2021 Easter Sunday morning, it is because you do not have a genuine relationship with a resurrected Christ. But if it does, let your praise ring out and let your joy be evident because resurrection brings life to the innermost being of the soul that's born again. And if you don't understand that, come to the Christ. When you get that born-again spirit in you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Can I tell all of you online, whether you're in Hollywood or whether, whether you're in a foreign country, if you do not know this Lord and you've not been to this Christ and you've not been born again, you're existing, but you are not living. God will put something alive and lively inside of you that you cannot, this world cannot take away. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's point one. I have eight. I'm, I'm kidding you. And maybe, no, that our world needs to hear the truth. And we need to dispel the, the spirit of blindness in our world. Second point this meaning of resurrection. So follow me. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, the second person of the Trinity having spent an eternal existence in the past in a majestic glory in the heavenlies. I love to say it like this. Because Adam and Eve sinned and the world was cursed with sin, God said, I need someone to go live a perfect life and suffer death for sin, to pay for man's sin. And Jesus said, Father, send me and that lovely Lord of my heart stepped off the threshold of glory world from all the beauty and the tapestry and the majesty with angels and seraphim and cherubim and presence of God and all the beauty that is there he stepped off of it into this ugly dark world seeking your soul and mine he did it all for that but watch this having spent that eternal existence in great glory at a Given time, he entered into Kronos time on earth. He took upon himself human nature. How many of you know that wouldn't that wasn't a plus? He entered the realm of sin and death, the curse, and yet he did not sin. He was tempted in all manner like all of us are and yet not one sin. Satan's and demons in hell with all the malignity of evil was turned upon him. Satan and demons massed their forces against him and bludgeoned him and beat him and striped him and took him to the cross. And all the consequences of man's sin were laid upon him, and he died. He died. But here's where Christianity goes beyond all other belief systems. His body was taken from the cross. They buried him in the grave. Then came the momentous fact that Peter was thrilled about, and that's what I'm thrilled about this morning. Christ did not remain in that grave. He came out unscathed and unconquered as my eternal Savior and Lord. Truth is, he appeared to many for 40 days. He ascended again to his rightful place at the right hand of the eternal Father. Pastor, what does all that mean? Let me try to make it simplistic. He subjected himself to all that the law had to say about sin. Think about that. He conquered its penalty and fulfilled its demands. He finished the work that God had sent him to do. John 17, his priestly prayer. Father, I have finished the work you've given me to do. I had to learn that Jesus didn't save the whole world that day, and neither can I, but I have to do my work. And that work that Christ finished was to deliver you and to deliver me from the realms of everything he defeated. Now, because I've repented, I've come to Christ, I'm born again. I was born the first time in the flesh. I was born the second time in spirit. I have in me a new life. I have in me an eternal life. And it's all because when I said, Father, forgive me, life leaped into me and I understood this is far more than history or philosophy. It is a living, lively hope. And you can call me a sentimental granny if you want, but I'm going to tell you, I'm just absolutely, madly, ridiculously, insanely love with the Savior of my soul. Because when this is all over, you're not taking anything with you anyway. I'll tell you what you do. You leave what you have, and you leave everything you've done, but you take with you what you are. And Lord forbid... If I went on the next train load to the glory world, this much I know my Redeemer lives. Now I'm born again, and I can say that death has no dominion over me. What? Preacher, you think you're going to live forever? Write it down. Write it down. You mean you don't think you're going to die? No, that's not what I'm saying. If I die... Death dies with me. It's the last thing that Satan can ever do to me. But my soul and my spirit, when I die, leave my body because then I will be absent in the flesh here, but I'll be immediately present with the Lord there. You won't find a better hope like that. You won't find better news than that. You say, preacher, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. Don't you wish you could? Don't you wish you could? Don't you wish you could? You can if you'll come to Christ. And let me add a third point. I'll be through. The resurrection of the believer's body. The hope that Peter spoke about that is lively and is living in us is not a hope of someday that I'll go to some kind of shadowy realm somewhere, that I'll just go and float around on some planet somewhere, that I'll just be in some kind of ethereal existence. This, this hope that Peter was talking about is not someday I will float into some atmosphere. Forget all that. It's, it's spiritism nonsense. It's spiritism nonsense. And everyone that's followed it has lost. But I will be resurrected A complete being, body, soul, and spirit. And everything about my body, soul, and spirit will be renewed, and my body will be glorified. I will leave into an everlasting inheritance. I love what John wrote about it. Listen what the Spirit said to John. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when He appears. When we change, we shall be. What? <laughs> if there's anything I long for in my life it's to someday be like him where sin has no part in me, where there's no more snare of the fowler, where there's no more heartache, no more tears, no wife gets beaten, no children get murdered, no crime rules in the streets, on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the eternity God has prepared for those who love him in the kingdom. I'm crying. I can't even read my notes. (laughs) Thank God for that resurrection. I want to say to this generation, Christ's literal and physical resurrection in this same book is called the first fruits of them who have gone on. And we who remain, it is signed, it is sealed, it will be delivered, it is our guarantee by the promise-keeping eternal God. This is Easter Sunday morning. I will just tell you this. I wondered what I was going to say as my last resurrection message as a lead pastor. We'll share with you this morning. I have my sights fixed upon another land. Brother Elliot, we're going to get there. Val, we're going to get there. I have my sights fixed on another land. I have grandparents there. My dad is there. I have a lot of relatives there. I have a lot of friends there. The resurrection that we celebrate today is the first the first fruits, and we, the second fruit, resurrection, will follow. And many of you would say, Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. One last thought, and I'm true. Why did God roll the stone away? It's this simple that stone was rolled away not because. Christ needed it rolled away to get out. If you'll if you read the whole counsel of God, you'll find out that Christ appeared to the apostles and the disciples, they were scared to death. Now their savior had been defeated, they thought, and they didn't know about the resurrection. They were huddled up in a room and the scripture says, Jesus came to them, the door being shut. You know what that means? You just walk right through the room. That's another reason I want to be like him. I mean, you can't beat that, can you? Just try to hide from me. <laughs> but don't miss that truth. Don't miss that truth. You see, we, we try to stay so practical. Remember when Peter was was locked up in the prison? He was behind a quadrant of soldiers. There were 16 of them, if you read it, and, and uh, he was going to, have his head roll the next day and then God sent his angel and he put all those guys asleep and opened the inmost cell and opened the outer gate and and oh, Rhoda, was that her name? Uh, she ran to the disciples and said, Peter's out here, and they just went, Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And she said, I'm telling you, he's out here. He's he's here. And they go, Yeah, sure. We have a cynical world just like that today. Yeah, sure. Yes, because we've been fed everything Satan can spoon feed a generation. But I want to tell you something that every man and every devil and demon be a liar. This word is forever settled in heaven. And it is truth. And the only people that live in genuine freedom are those who live within the confines of this book. We're the only one that really have a life. So online today in this room, stone wouldn't Move so Jesus could get out he was moved so you and I could get in and it's your time it's your time God invites you today let's take advantage of this 2021 Easter Sunday morning 2022 I've said 21 all day long hadn't I <laughs> I just saw you. you Mr. Delk you said 22 didn't you don't think I don't watch you. I mean, okay, so we have another year. Who's against that? I do I mean. It's time to be right with the Lord. It's time to be right with the Lord. Pastor, I've failed. I've tried it. I've failed. Just come to God. If you think Peter didn't understand his mercy and his grace, If you think Paul didn't understand it, read his epistles. If you think I don't appreciate it, because don't you think I'm a bit better than you? I'm not, not a bit, not a bit. You say, Pastor, what have you done? None of your business is under the blood on the cross. How many of you are glad yours are under the blood?